There was a part of me last night, Josh, that really was excited, but I don't know. I don't know if I was truly ready for all the basketball that I was inundated by last night. Well, though you men's and women's teams get dubs. Hello, James Madison. I'm watching, yeah, James Madison beats Michigan State. I'm watching the Colorado women beat LSU last night. Was that ah, a, so sweet. That was wild. Oh, so sweet. Kalen Clark had 28 points last night for your Hawkeyes. Easy work. What is that kind of engagement like? Oh, it's is terrible. It cra- is it- but you know what? We <laughs> fed into it this morning. Uh, and then in Monday Night Football, you know, after we got done with Rudy's, we always I we always get barbecue, and thank you, Kelly, and Kay, uh, oh gosh, who else was there last night? Why am I completely... Thanks to uh, Kelly Collier, of course, the boss man. Also, let's see. I had a handful of people to say thank you to last night before I before I bolted out of there after eating un, uh, unnecessary amounts of... Oh, Carly Murray was there. Carly was there. She, uh, she made sure we were taken care of. So I got home. I opened up my spread of Q. I was so happy. Dude, it's... Like happy moment, and I go to turn on Monday Night Football, and it's like this, this is just awful. Yeah, this is just terrible. That uh, that played out about like I expected. The Chargers ended up winning in pretty convincing fashion, and now Josh Helmer, you get very excited about next week's primetime games. Final score last night was twenty-seven to six, but. Have you allowed yourself to just quickly here look ahead to this weekend's primetime games in the National Football League? Well, week? Dan, you ready? Talk to me. Panthers at Bears. What says I need to make sure I have Amazon Prime like the two and seven Bears taking on the one and seven Panthers? You're not you're not excited to watch Mr. Young? I actually am, but I'm kind of thinking Frank Wright might be a two and or one and done dude. Two pick sixes uh, versus the Colts. Not good. Now, I, I understand that there's going to be a lot of excitement, but your Sunday night football game is Jets and Raiders. I mean, <laughs> let's go. Four and four versus four and five. That's, oh, that's at least kind of interesting from the Raiders perspective. I, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, Antonio Pierce has made them infinitely more entertaining and likable, right? Is this. Is this going to be the Basaccia thing all over again? Yes, because here's what's going to happen. They're going to play well. They're going to beat the Jets this week to go to 5-5, five and five, and and I think they're going to upset Miami. And they're going to be a 6-5 and five football team, and then you guys are going to beat them by 100. That's what typically happens with a Raider interim head coach whenever he takes over. It's like they have a game. It's like they win two games. It's like, oh, ho-ho! What, uh, what is Basaccia doing now? He is the special teams coach at Green Bay. The special teams coach? <laughs> yeah. He got a he got an interview for the Jaguars gig, but that's about it. So good he good luck. He did such a good job he in did. the interim. All right. Uh we're going to sprinkle in throughout this hour a cut from coach's show last night and your text. And then a cut from coach's show last night, then your text. And then a cut what well, just reaction and coach so, here's what I have for the first two segments. Would you like to hear the continued breakdown of where the team is sure. and kind of what – okay, let's start there. And then we'll uh, – next – maybe we'll have time this segment to get to what he said about protecting and defending the goal line 
and I know Teddy's yeah, talked good, about this. Good tee up by Teddy. Right. The Robert Spears Jennings where listen, I am I'm really pumped about the youngsters in the secondary. I know that doesn't help anyone now. I know this at seven and two, this doesn't make anyone feel much better right now. Yeah, it doesn't magically turn things into nine I and know, zero. I know. But when I think about even if Billy Bowman decides that he's gonna try to test the waters in the NFL next year. Right, and Reggie Pearson only has one year, and Woody Washington is graduating. But I think about Robert Spears Jennings back there, and Peyton Bowen, Gentry, Gentry Williams. The it, Gentry's got to stay healthy, man. I know Gentry's got to stay healthy, I, and I and I feel terrible saying that because I, I'm not the one that's out there throwing my body around, but he just can't stay on the field. I know, uh, healthy that, he might be their their best guy, but he just hasn't been able to. But there's a lot of excitement for the future in the secondary. I think. Jacoby Johnson is a guy that I, I think he's going to start next year. That's bunch of, me. Bunch of these youngsters in this class, I'm sure. So, uh, talks a little bit about the youth, but even more specifically, Josh, about, all right, I know you're mad. You have every right to be mad. Oh, did I absolutely unplug that? Wait okay. for it. Hold on. <clears throat> all right, let's try test, test, test. Okay, three, two. Coach knows the players are mad. Coach knows you're mad, and he has no problem with you being mad. You no, know, the players have ownership in it, too, but it still comes back to us, and – and that's what you sign up for, too, coach. That's why they call you coach. And, uh, you know, you, you're going to get in front of the players. You better take responsibility um, for, you know, for all of it. And, and then, again, there's got to be accountability. And, and the good players and the good teams, and the, uh, every, that's not a problem. That comes with, you know, the territory. But there were several times in the game. There's, there is actually good. And I'm not a sunshine-pumping guy. I'm gonna, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recognize, you know, toughness and fight and the good plays that are there, okay, how do we avoid the, the bad ones and become a more complete team and complement one another? And we chose the wrong times to, to, to not be in sync, offense and defense. And, uh, you know, what do we got to do? I, you know, it's like the 97-yard drive. that um, was just, you know, really bad timing to give up a 97-yard drive. They're all 97-yard drives. They all suck. But <laughs> – what happened on that drive to me started on first and 10 and we've got a edge pressure and they run an inside zone play and you know it should go for for two max let's give them credit and they they kind of knock you backwards it should go for two max and but we overplay the a gap and we fall back into it and they get six and now it's second and four now they're on schedule and then we actually knock them backwards on second down we knock them backwards and now it's it's third and five and a half all right, but what should have been third and eight. Mm -hmm. And now they run an RPO and felt like they were going to run an RPO. So now you're in a run call and you put a, a freshman's out there on the field. You guys can't just play every snap. Sometimes they get banged up and other guys got to play too. And, um, and I thought he was in great position. Really, he was in phase looking for the ball. But, it, and, and, you know, instead of third and eight, where I really believe they gotta, they, they've, they've got to throw the ball uh, you know, they run an RPO. We put them in a run type of call. and But he does a great job, but they get the, the penalty, and they get, you know, now, the, you know, they get first down, and now they're moving. And uh, so I look back at that, you know, you got you to gotta do the little things right there. I thought a couple times we got behind the defense. We slightly underthrew the ball in the first half. You know, we got to strain and go up and try to go, go get the ball and see if maybe we can get an interference if we can't get the ball. We waited for it. It was underthrown. 
you know, those are little things too that veteran guys we got we got to do well. We we're in four down uh, uh, territory. You know, if we we do the right things, we're in uh, a four down mindset on first and ten and plus field side of the field, and on on second down we lose yardage. Well, we're gonna hey look if we we gain three, we're gonna go for it on fourth down. Well, we lose yardage again on a play that we got it had it up, but we got to execute. You got to block guys this is a game of inertia you got to move people you got to play with leverage you can't go for the we got a young receiver going in there and he's going for a knockout block well we don't teach that we teach you get your hips and feet underneath you and you you play with leverage there and you just cover him up and so we can circle the defense and we really believe we would have got a first down but at worst case it's a fourth and two fourth and three and next thing you know we lose yardage both times and now we're kicking a 51 yard field goal and as opposed to potentially a, a 45 yarder if we decide not to go for it we make some positive yards there so all the little things you know add up you know but again you just if if you what we did well we, all those little things we were probably doing wrong you know at SMU at Cincinnati at Texas close games but we didn't have the turnover issues that just flat out give you most of the time no chance to win and and that may not be sexy. That may not be the narrative that people want to hear. But if we uh, we take care of the ball and, you know, we're not doing things from a, a pre-snap penalty, you know, false starts, uh, senseless stuff that we got to have a little more focus, uh, then we are able to get into a better rhythm. And, again, you still got to make layups. You know, if you're, if you're wide open and the quarterback puts it on, you got to catch the ball and you got to score, period. That's the expectation. Period. Agreed. Ding, 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 coach. You got a chance to make a play. You have to have it. And, I mean, this game, the turnovers, all of it, right, the the missed pass interference, if you catch that, if that turns into a touchdown, maybe it's a different story. Mm. Um, more. Defending the goal line. I thought this was interesting because – Teddy had asked about the Reggie Pearson play, that in case you haven't listened to the rush weekdays from 3 to 6 here on the ref, uh, Teddy's still pretty fired up about it. And if you go back to Saturday, there was a play when Alan Bowman is running towards the end zone and in a situation where safety would usually come up and at least in the positioning that Robert Spears Jennings was in, end things – he turned it down, and the concern is with the increased awareness of targeting and things of that nature, how have they been taught to defend the goal line? What what are their, their coaching points here? First thing that he said, you know, uh, coming off the field and uh, Robert the quarterback's Jennings. a runner, he, he's not defenseless. You know, that's where this subjective call, I don't I – don't, this it's hard to, to teach, but the, the rule – and. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm still learning this new editor. I got it on paper again from today from the Big 12 office. If if the quarterback is a runner, he's not defenseless. So the only way you can get a targeting call is by using the crown of your helmet uh, above the shoulders. So that's, as we know, contradicts other past mm-hmm. rulings. And um, so it's a, it's it's not a, an easy thing to coach and teach. Get to the uh, drive. Oh, we'll get to that drive of the game coming up here in a bit. Drive chart. Drive chart. 
I didn't have my drive chart with me, though. I thought he'd be really impressed if he saw that I was keeping a drive chart down there. Drive summary. Come on. Uh, a couple of quick Kinnipamire Chevrolet texts. Sean writes, uh, I agree with Coach, and on fourth and five, you run a play that's over three yards. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Um, Lloyd, win or lose, I'm an OU loyalist for 50-plus years now. Oh, man, I love y'all's Boomer fan resume. Sooner, baby. I love the fan resume. I've been a Raiders fan since the days of Jim Plunkett and Mark Wilson. I've been a Chiefs fan since Thigpen. Back to Lloyd. Oh, my gosh, Tyler Thigpen. That's my go-to. That officiating crew, writes Lloyd, was an Embarrassment to all of college football. They investigate coaches, players, schools. Wake the bleep up and investigate the damn officials. Ah. Ooh, my language. Bet they all had their bets on OU to lose. Now let's go destroy West Virginia like we're supposed to. Um, We're a blue bud. We're not going to sit here. That's not going to be Oklahoma and, it's, and blame officials. I think the worst part – Well, it's probably not conducive for this team the next three games. Either. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's time to it's time I, to shift that narrative. I've said my theory is wear the black hat, man. Be the bad guy. Be the heel. Be the freaking heel, man. Go out there and I'll, just wear it because you're going to get flagged for it anyway. <laughs> right. You know <laughs> what you're it, in for. Make it worth the time. Boy, can you imagine the first time there's a bad call on Saturday night? Oh, that place would go crazy. It's gonna be great. I can't wait. I don't, I don't like to subscribe to these theories because you want to believe in the integrity. Thank you. I do. I want to believe that that they know right from wrong. I wasn't able to find a game that that crew Saturday had ever done for Oklahoma. I'd never heard of that dude. I went back through. I tried to keep a list and. I haven't gone as in-depth on, uh, here comes Mike DeFee's crew. They average calling six penalties on the Sooners. Big holding group. I haven't quite gone that far. Maybe maybe once I write my articles for this year's or this month's uh, edition of Boyd Street, I will. But it's just, I don't understand having a crew that's never called a game, and I don't know if they've called an Oklahoma State game before, suddenly thrust into an environment like that. Like, put one of your senior officials on that game. Put one of your uh, more established officiating crews. And you throw a group out there that's never done an Oklahoma game before? Come on. That seems odd. Uh, t- uh, the seven three one. before we break. All games are a must win. But with the odd comments or social media actions being made and the loud part of the fan base wanting to run some folks out of town, OU really needs to win this weekend. It's starting to feel like the wheels on the wagon are getting uncomfortably wobbly. Well, and this is what happens when you lose games. This is what happens. Nobody's happy. Everybody freaks out. Dudes are liking tweets saying they're the best tight end. Running backs are taking Instagram. Dads, moms, parents are tweeting uh, up a storm. Except for the best mom on the planet, Tree Helms. Everyone has a take on this, right? They, you feel like either your kid needs to be playing more and, and this needs to be happening and, and your butt hurt about something, so you're going to like a tweet or whatever. It's the reality of what happens when you lose a few games. Now, sure, the hope is as – Or t- when you almost lose a game, but it, obviously right. in these instances you have. The, the hope is as time progresses, it's, it's a 
locker room that continues to take on the identity of its head coach. And it's getting there. I mean, there's still a part of me that truly firmly believes that if Danny Stutzman and the defense wasn't the problem on either Saturday or even completely on the Saturday before, I'm a firm believer that if Stutzman's out there, we're 9-0. That's how, that's how I feel about things. And Kip Lewis has been incredible. Incredible. I'm firm believe that if Tawi doesn't get dinged up, they're a 9-0 football team. But they're not. Uh, one more quick one. Sooner CB writes, oh, they missed the call? Really? How? He was looking right at the play, and it was obvious. It was blatant. Still should need to rely on missed calls if we don't turn the ball over three times and we win easily. Six turnovers in the last two games, man. It's a lot. And you forced three in one of those games. You forced three in one of those games. Peyton Bone, if he gets closer to 70 healthy snaps, maybe in a better situation. What did he what did he end up getting? You you sent me who 10. was it? Eli. Yeah, he's still. So on the injury front, Danny Stutzman, I guess maybe we should say that. On the injury front, Danny Stutzman did practice yesterday. Good. And coach made it seem that coach made it seem as if it's just it's a matter of how how things go this week. Do they have any more issues with it? Does it have any setbacks? I kept wanting to say fallbacks for some reason. Do they have fallbacks, Josh? But it sounds as if Danny Stutzman is on track to play. Good. And it sounds as if Peyton Bowen's as healthy as he's been. Didn't have a Key Lawrence, by the way. So we did solve the mystery of where Key Lawrence went on Saturday. He was sick. He was sick. And he tried to go out and give it a go. And when he did, he just couldn't. He was sick. Yeah, missed that big tackle early, and and then he went. He's he came back. Oh, he's like, I'm not helping the team. And they were like, All right, man, go get healthy. And that's why he didn't come back out. Mm. And that's why, you know, in some instances, you remember against Texas, he ended up shifting over to corner when Gentry Williams got hurt. Right. So and, and I, I didn't really get a clear answer if Kenai Walker got hurt or if they were just like anything could be better than what's going on with him out there right now. So that's why you ended up seeing a couple series with Josiah Wagner and and Macari Vickers out there. Pretty crazy. All right, quick break. Uh, when we come back, more from Coach Venables, more of your Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text right here on The Ref. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one to start this segment from the 727. Can we talk about Danny Stutzman getting snubbed for the Butkus nomination? That's from Nova Sooner. I don't understand how he's not one of the names there as a semifinalist. A finalist, okay, I can understand you miss a, a couple of games and the stats aren't the same, but you're telling me he's not one of the – how many are a semifinalist? 10, 15? Oh, I had the list. I, I it, It's it on like my, about 10. It's on my rant sheet of things I wanted to get to later on in the program. But, yeah, I think it's like 10 guys. I can't believe he's not one of those names. Thank you. Thank you. I have no idea. I No clue whatsoever. If you've watched, truly watched – and I get it's tough to watch every game in college football, but, I mean, are you kidding me for Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. If you've watched Oklahoma, there's no way you would watch this team in this defensive transformation that at times they've made and overall they've oh. made and not look and say, yeah, a lot of that's spearheaded by Danny Stutz, but he's one of the best linebackers in America. 12, 12 semifinalists, I apologize. Yeah. I think I said 10. Ridiculous that he's not one of them. To me. Your boy Jay Higgins was. And that they got right. 
<laughs> He's had a marvelous season. I. It was interesting because, like, I thought, I thought like he was in position to win it. But when you miss a game, it kind of, you know, changes that whole mindset. But I, yeah, I, I mean, it not. shows that probably we're a little too caught up in just the number side, which not that he, I mean, his numbers are good, but yeah. probably uh, comparing to a couple of those names because they've played now more, maybe their, their tackles are a little bit higher or something, but uh, yeah, I just, that's shocking. And and here's, this was from the nine one eight. This is uh this is interesting guys. I'd make the switch to Jackson Arnold this week. They won't, but in my opinion, if they are smart and care about the future, I would tell them both this week. We have some series with Jackson this week, and you pull the trigger on making the switch in-game if he's out playing DG. If they lose Saturday, they would be absolutely foolish to not use a three-game losing streak as an opportunity to switch to Jackson Arnold and let him get three starts, including the bowl game, to be more ready for next year. Um, I hope that we're not in a situation when they lose on Saturday. Yeah. Well, and if that happens, then I think they will do just that. But this is going to be interesting to watch with the fan base this week, I think. Because I it will continue to gain some momentum. And, you know, initially my reaction was, no, it's DG. He's earned the right. But, look, uh, to some degree, y- you do have to prepare for 24, right? Mm-hmm. And so – I'm starting to come around to the idea of it. I'd like to win these next three games, though. And if you could definitively tell me that Dylan Gabriel gives you the best opportunity to do that, that Jackson Arnold is a detriment in that respect, then I would say no. Stick with Dylan Gabriel. Mm. And then one more real quick before we sprinkle in, Coach, and the cut that made the the rounds last night so you can get the full context of it. If they lose Saturday – uh, let me back a little more. I think we're going to find out if things go a little bit south. Boy, it sounds like there's a brawl. Everyone okay over there? Or is it just some <laughs> it's meeting of the minds? <laughs> that was some fast and loud talking going on over there. Sorry, guys. I should have shut my door. Um, if If things don't go well offensively, Saturday and the turnovers continue. I think you have to consider making a switch in game in game. Yeah. And I'm not even, but I think what you would find out is who do they feel like is more responsible for some of these issues? Is it Dylan or is it Jeff Levy? Because if it's Jeff Levy, then Dylan Gabriel is going to play the last three games. But if it's Dylan, then yeah, we're going to see a good mix of Jackson Arnold going forward what if it's a combination which i think it is well then jackson arnold needs to be quarterback and joe john finley should call plays i'm just, just change everyone cut dylan fire lebs no i by the way i i don't see a scenario where jeff Lebby's not back next year the uh rolodex remark here you go you ready for it yeah all right give me your take on this now for context teddy had asked a fantastic question about Drake Stoops and seemingly always making the big play. Oh, gosh, dang it. 
Well, hang, hang on. <laughs> hang on. I've everybody. done this like five or six times now to where I absolutely I during the break. Well, I'll you want to be able to hear it. it during the break. Right, right. I, I unplug it and then whenever I come back, I don't plug it back in. That's a great that's great um, you know, uh point on your part. You know, he, he does. He just seems he's always the guy that makes that play within the drive or the crucial critical third down. And of course, prior to Andrew Anthony getting injured, Andrew was the leading receiver. Mm-hmm. And then Drake is certainly he's been the model of consistency the whole uh, year and has picked up a lot of uh, that slack. And uh, even, you know, the last play uh, there, you know, that's that's not on him. That's that's on us all the way. And, um, you know, we do need to do some things within the the the, uh, the play. We said the last play, the fourth down play. Yeah, the, the fourth okay. down play. We, you know. We we sh- we probably you know we've got a whole rolodex and maybe some plays that were better than that play, but uh, but we do have to do a better job too of of getting upfield inside route uh, or the outside route rather to help him out a little bit. Here's the uh, the the video of uh, the Oklahoma uh, okay 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 plank. Game. What are you doing here? So in the middle of we were doing a drive, Teddy asked a question about Drake, and boom the video popped up finally of the drive of the game. So that's that's why when he said it, I wasn't like, quit talking about Jeff Levy's play calling like that. That's my boy. That's my, da- that's my guy. That's not what happened there. It was just in, when the screen popped up, it was on a different play. Context, give it any different feel to you at all? Yeah, I think so. You want to hear the full, you want to hear the full question with Ted too? Yeah, Let's sure. See. Okay, hold on here. Let's see. I've started a new editing system here. All right, let me rephrase that. A new uh, audio system here on the on the MacBook, and I'm still learning how to use it. Whenever you see his stats, it Drake doesn't Stoops. tell the story of how important most of those plays are. Well, it's like good. he always uh, makes the play you need. Yeah, that's that's a great that's great um, you know uh, point on your part. You know, he he does. He just seems he's always the guy that makes that play within the drive or the crucial critical third down. And of course, prior to Andrew Anthony getting injured, Andrell was the leading receiver. Mm-hmm. And then Drake is certainly, he's been the model of consistency the whole uh, year and has picked up a lot of uh, that slack. And uh, even, you know, the last play uh, there, you know, that's that's not on him. That's that's on us all the way. And, um, you know, we do need to do some things within the the, the, uh, the play. We said the last play, the fourth down play. Yeah, the, the fourth okay. down play. We, you know. We we, sh- we probably you know we've got a whole rolodex and maybe some plays that were better than that play, but uh, but we do have to do a better job too of of getting upfield inside route uh, or the outside route rather to help him out a little bit. Here's as in Drake Stoops needs to get further down the field. Right, but we gotta because there wasn't another route that way, was there? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it was, but again, in that context if you just hear wow a rolodex of plays we could have called that were better he ain't wrong but it sounds less like he's throwing jeff levy under the bus right when you get the full context of it which i sort of suspected it does make me feel a little bit better about all of it because it just didn't just doesn't sound like brent to yeah to do that and And a lot of people have pointed out okay well what about levy kind of Threw Drake Stoops under the bus afterwards by saying, hey, the route needed to be this. But, but as I – two wrongs don't make a right. right. And as a leader, it's – you know, I, I don't know that you want to get in the business of 
throwing your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator under the bus. So, and I don't think Brent did that, having listened to it here. Well, and, and I, would also, I would also add you know, one other quick thought on that, just that, that comment in general. None of it's incorrect. I'm sure there is an infinitely better play call than the three-yard out on fourth and five. And I'm sure there were some things that could have been done differently on the route. I'm sure there are. But what are you going to do about now? What are you going to do about now? Get better. Be better. Reference the Rolodex. But but you know what I have in listening back and knowing that I I was there and I was sitting right next to him and I was asking the questions and Ted was asking the questions. Did you have any idea in the moment that that was going to take? No, I had no idea. I had no idea when he said it. And, in fact – Ted asked me afterwards, he said, what was, uh, he goes, what was the quote that stood out to you tonight? This was literally as soon as we're done. Uh-huh. I was like, I don't know, stuff he was telling us off the air. And that's, he's like, Ted goes, mine was a Rolodex of better plays on fourth down. Yeah, he knew. And, <laughs> and I literally looked right at him and I said, he said that? And I realized I was such in a panic because I had the producer in my ear right. that yeah. I completely missed it. It's tough to be an active listener almost in those settings oh, sometimes. Oh, gosh. It's, it's the that, worst. That's the best skill you could – if I, I could offer a broadcaster uh, you know, a tip, it's just be an active listener. And it's challenging sometimes in those settings. Yeah, sometimes like, the video. There's video. The video. Get the video. Get the video. <laughs> there's like, video. Drive the game. I'm like, I'll get, I'll get there. One, two, I'll three. Get there. I'll get there. And I can't say anything. because. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick break. We'll hit your text next. That's Josh on Plank. I got one more cut, too, from Brent Venables right here on The Ref. By the way, the uh, just the opinion that, hey, if things struggle, you know, maybe, maybe you see Oklahoma consider this. Just we were vamping. I had a laugh at a couple of these um, off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line four zero five six five one three four three nine. Oklahoma Johnny writes in game switch. What are we talking about? Let Seth Luttrell start calling plays in the middle of the game. Let's go think that's happening um so going to jackson arnold you're telling seniors we don't care about all you've done for the program thanks for nothing i i don't know about that but right uh and then sooner bapoomer i I assume that he was supposed to be sooner boomer and someone someone's fat fingers might hit the wrong key some somehow a p got in there uh how is the problem possibly dg what did he do against OSU that makes you have that opinion? Well, I, I don't have that opinion, but I could definitely point you to the uh, text lines and the calls on the shows. That <laughs> yeah, would, others that do. That would easily point out a couple of underthrown touchdowns. Yes, Nick Anderson dropped one, but there is there's plenty of blame to go around, dude. Not blameless by any stretch of the imagination. Not blameless by any stretch of the imagination. The 405 writes, the fans that say the season is over and there is nothing to play for should have followed Tebow to USC. Two out of three teams left on our schedule beat us last year, and one took out our quarterback. I'm all about revenge games. There you go. I like it. Yeah, I mean, there's always – look, there's always something to play for when you suit up. And for Oklahoma, there should be a level of pride attached to – we're going to go win these final three and sure. finish as a double-figures win team. Uh, this is this is a really good question, and I feel like we're going to have ourselves one heck of a show on, like, February 18th or something, whenever all of the national championships are wrapped up. And 
The next time Oklahoma football plays, they'll be a member of the SEC. SEC. Um, but I thought this was a really good point. The 405 writes, BV has said from day one, everything matters. I'm watching this team this year through a are we ready for the SEC lens, and I think that's a big part of the reaction by the fans. Well, okay, let's let's hash through that. It's a fair point. But I'm not, like, freaking out. I, I think that they've shown physically they can be competitive. They beat the only SEC team on their schedule, right, if you want to go with that take. Some of you think Kansas is still Vanderbilt, which they're not. Yeah, you, you have no business losing to Kansas, but it's it's not necessarily like there's some unranked two-win football team right now. And we all understand the energy of the of the rivalry game with Oklahoma State. So I'm not And a good a good Oklahoma State team. Yeah, I'm not. Not great, but good. I'm not looking at this by any stretch of the imagination and saying are feeling anyway negative about what next year might look like. Now, instead of playing a home game against West Virginia, you're going to have a home game against Tennessee. South Carolina, that does not look nearly as imposing. Right. So, I mean, I just – and Alabama's going to be in that mix. But, I mean, Oklahoma beat a team that beat Alabama this year. So, I just – I would they beat them right now if they played a, a, on a neutral field with Bama or at home or there? I don't, I don't know. But I don't think it'd be like some 13, 14-point spread like some of you are acting like right now. I mean, this is this is a team that's right there. Probably play better against them than they have uh, these last two opponents because they take them a little more seriously. And they just turned the ball over too much. Clinton Tulsa writes, BB needs to carry a handkerchief around that says, I protest, and hold it up rather than bull rushing the field <laughs> when they make an idiotic call. Maybe put a national spotlight on the situation. Here's what's frustrating, just at least from my – my very elementary investigative reporting and conversations. I don't think Oklahoma as a football team or an athletic program is looking at it and saying, how dare you? How dare you cheat us? How da-? That's not the way Oklahoma is ever going to be, right? Never going to be that way. I do think the lack of a care or reaction or accountability for some of the mistakes that have been made and the way in which the conference has reacted, I think that has been very, very concerning. Because they don't know Oklahoma anything. They don't know Texas anything. It's like, you're leaving. We don't care. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Hey, guess what? We missed that call. Oh, well. Calls are missed every game. Good luck next week. Go go enjoy your Black Friday game at 11 a.m., huh? Go enjoy your 7, 11 a.m. starts this year. I mean, there's, there, there's no recourse because you can't – There's I don't think there's anything intentional going on, but just the lack of concern – or at least I want to believe that, right, because I want to believe in integrity. But the lack of concern or even reaction in a in a manner that would lead you to believe that it's all in the up and up would be very, con- very concerning. Like when you catch, when you think you caught someone in a lie, but you really can't prove it, 
but you know they're lying. You right? know. You know, I know you're lying. I know you're absolutely lying. But in the same way, like, no, I'm not. I wouldn't do that. Ah, I don't I think do I am. That's kind of like, like the reaction. Not saying that the lie is we're telling the officials to call penalties on you. Not Nothing like that, but just in the accountability of it, in the fact that you are still a league that – I think it's in a good place going forward, right? And it just looks so bad. I mean, you got an official looking right at the play. To not be of the, we missed that. We're really sorry, right? That's, that's we're training our officials up. We'll be better at it. Hey, you know what? The official had a quick trigger on the flag near the sideline because your sideline's been whistled for a lot of sideline interference calls. We have quick trigger on that. But we need to take into account how terrible the sideline is at Oklahoma State. It's not a knock at OSU. There's just no room down there. So we're th- these are mistakes that we're looking to, to, to fix in the future. But what they're getting back is, ah, how about that? Good luck next week. And that's just what's frustrating about it, I think. Um, for the 8.05, DG has another year. What if he wants to return? Then what? I Everybody think they, said that they've it's not made that happen. clear. Yeah, I think it's been made pretty, pretty clear that, hey, if you want to come back, we love what you've done here. But, you know, you're a graduate. You can go somewhere else and play. Best of luck. I think Dylan Gabriel has his eyes on the NFL. And I think he would be the ultimate backup for Tua or wherever Mike McDaniel ends up. And uh, for the 405, I don't think they would, they would sit a six year quarterback that came in and helped them out of an early bind. Another loss and maybe. Well, that's pretty much what we said. But if they go out against if they go out against West Virginia and they turn the ball over three times in the first half, well then you're gonna have to look at doing something different. That's just it's fan up and baby. That's what sports radio is all about. Indeed. We just we just gotta be careful with the aggregators every now and then, right? Sooner radio network host says OU to bench Dylan Gabriel. What? Now what do we said? All right, I got one more from BB that we'll play on West Virginia when we come back on the ref. All right, Coach Venables, to wrap up our discourse today from his coach's show last night, talked about Garrett Green and what's made him so effective as West Virginia's quarterback. He throws the ball uh, really, really well, throws it on the run. They move, uh, you know, his launch point, you know, with boots and sprint outs and dashes and things of that nature. Uh, you know, he, he's really explosive, fast. Uh, Early in his career, he was like a gunslinger. He, like, he made a bunch of mistakes, but yeah. he was like, you know, yeah, full. He, he's a much different player now. Like I said, he, he's thrown the ball well uh, in different games. Just depends on what they want to major in and what people are forcing them to do. But like I said, just a few weeks ago, threw for 400 yards uh, against Houston. and and uh, But he's a really explosive, dangerous player. He can house call it. Uh, a solid four or five guy, and, uh, and again with some of their, he can scramble. You know, when, when you cover everybody, sometimes that's the worst thing you, you could do. You remember Vince Young? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was, you know, he was pretty good. But sometimes some of the worst things you could do with him was was cover the receivers, because <laughs> uh, him running the ball was was a uh, was a uh, was was tough to handle. Uh, Green has that explosiveness in him, though. He can he can really make you pay with his legs. So we're gonna have to really be uh, physical and disciplined and. Uh, in all the right lanes, and how you rush this guy is going to be different than how you maybe rush some other quarterbacks. And uh, you just have to, you know, do a good job of of uh, rush lane integrity, things of that nature. There you go. And with that, we conclude our 2023 year. No. And with that, we conclude our 
hour look back sprinkled with reaction to Sooner Sports Talk from last night. So we set the number at what? A, a buck 50 for Ollie Gordon. Right. Rushing. Mm-hmm. Hold him underneath that. You're going to win the football game. Yeah. Look good. What's our, and obviously, okay, that one didn't work out, right? But we're back so to well. the drawing board. Here we go. What What is the number for Garrett Green, right? Because I agree with Coach. The, the biggest key this week is if you don't let him jailbreak you a couple of times in key moments, probably you're going to win this game. Right. So what would the, like, what's the number at? Is there a number? Or is it just a general, hey, don't let in key situations – him break it's a good game. question. I, I I would say in key situations, don't let him break the bank, blow it open, whichever way you want to put it. Take it to the house. I'll add, Josh. I just I'm more worried for some reason about C.J. Donaldson. That's who scares me. I like Garrett Green a lot, but C.J. Donaldson, he's the kind of guy that I don't. You know, Neil Brown's opened it up a little bit. They threw it around some against BYU, but they were just they were just housing BYU. I think you could see him try to get – they're a really good offensive line. Uh, see, my myriad of notes here. Gabe said their center is, is the best center in college football. Brent Venables told us the strength of that team is their offensive line. So, I just – I wouldn't be surprised to see them maybe try to take the air out of the ball a little bit, even with some of the problems Oklahoma's had offensively. And I'll tell you what, i tell you what, this team's really good at coming up with a little hammy issue. They might have a little calf cramp. Uh-oh. They're really good at it. Not again. Yeah, so prepare yourself on Saturday. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref.